Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time uh, for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Uh, in this Christmas season, uh, this is going to be a different Christmas, isn't it? In the midst of a pandemic that is spiking, here we are once again moving toward a celebration of a holy, holy day for every child of God for every Christian. Hallelujah. Amen. And I do not want to lose the real joy of this season because of all the disruptions and all of the distractions. Now, there are many, many, many people who are going to have family members missing because of all of the, all of the people who have passed away uh, due to this pandemic. And it's a growing number. And we just say, to anyone who has lost a loved one or a friend or an acquaintance or a co-worker during this time. Our heart and our prayers go out to you. There's no words that we can say that will will turn around. We're not asking someone to be jumping up and down emotionally. You see, joy is not something that it can affect our emotions, but it is a spiritual produced force within us. It is part of the fruit or the product of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. Amen. Christian joy is different from the joy of winning the lottery or the joy of, 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 uh, of any other event that may trigger our emotions to bring extreme happiness and satisfaction. Christian joy can function in the midst of persecution and pressure and trouble. In fact, it is essential to our victory, particularly here in the last of the last days. And I pray that we can move into this message today with an understanding, amen, and, and reclaim a Christmas joy that we might maintain Christian joy long after the Christmas day is over. If we get a hold of what made the shepherds rejoice, hallelujah, and, 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 and sustain that joy, amen, of that very first Christmas, we're going to be well equipped to endure the pressures and persecutions of living in the last of the last Days. So we want you to turn today, if you will, to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. And once again, if there are people that are hurting this Christmas listening to this broadcast, Christ and Christ alone can offer you uh, what you need to endure that loss. You can't escape the hurt and the pain, but you can receive the sufficiency of grace that God offers you in and through His Son. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior and your Sovereign, this Christmas, I pray you'll come to know Him. And then you'll know the true reason for the season. Until then, it's going to leave you empty. It's going to leave you. Many people uh, are, are going to have depression this this Christmas in particular, many have lost their jobs. Many are, are facing an uncertain future. 
uh, and only God can give you the consolation, the comfort that you need. And He offers it to you in and through His Son and our Savior Jesus Christ today. Now, I just want to pray for those of you that are experiencing this this depression that comes to so many people. And it's happening within the context of this pandemic. And it is so, to many people, it's going to seem unbearable. But I want you to know that God loves you so much today. And because He loves you so much, He has given His Son and Jesus has given himself to die upon the cross that we might have help in this time of great need. In fact, the Bible said that he would, that, that he's able to succor those that are tempted. That's an old English word. Succor means to give aid, to give help in that he was tempted himself yet without sin. He knows, and temptation is not just this, uh, you know, pull to do evil that the world pulls us and Satan prompts us and our flesh many times wants to give in to that. No, it's, it involves also the persecutions, the pressures, the heartaches, and the heartbreaks that come from living in a faulty body in a fallen world with a formidable foe in the devil who who persecutes and wants to do harm to everyone he can while he can. And friend of mine, God loves you today. And his love supersedes any intention of evil that the devil wants to do. And if you will give your heart and life to him, I'm going to tell you God can do things to mend broken hearts like no one else. In fact, the Old Testament uh, says that he will give you beauty for ashes. The oil of joy, listen, ashes means something is ruined. It's burned to the ground and nothing is left but the ashes of, of what used to be. And he says, I can do something that no one else can do. I can give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's why... Christmas joy is so important to Christian victory or anyone's victory for that matter. Christmas joy, reclaiming Christmas joy. That is the title of our preaching and our teaching this morning. It is crucial to our victory. Amen. Because one of the, one of the signs of the last days is found in Daniel 7.25, speaking of that last beast in Daniel. And it says, he will speak great things against God, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And many people believe this last beast of Daniel is the Antichrist of the book of Revelation, another beast that came out of the sea of humanity. And, and he will wear out the saints of the Most High through persecution and through pro pro propagating all manner of evil. Listen, we are indeed 
upstream Christians in a downstream world. And if Satan's desire and design is to wear out and wear down the saints of the Most High, uh, then, then this spirit of Antichrist, before he takes control and persecutes those who are living and coming to Jesus during the tribulation, he, the spirit of Antichrist, First John says, is already at work. So I believe many, many Christians are being weakened by, by, by all that we are being exposed to in these last of the last days. One translation of Daniel 7.25 says he will try to exhaust the saints of the Most High. You know, the scripture says that the joy of the Lord in Nehemiah 8 is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength to endure what you cannot escape. And that is the conditions of the last day and the weaknesses of our own flesh. So this joy has to be supernatural joy. It has to be a fruit or a product of the Holy Spirit himself. And it has to be a product of what God has done in and through Jesus Christ for you and me. So Christmas joy is essential to Christian victory, living in the end times. Matthew twenty four twelve said, Because iniquity, one of the signs of the of the last of the last days, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Their people will begin to compromise that once stood strong for God. We're seeing that it's heart-rending, it's heartbreaking. But we can and we must reclaim Christmas joy that we might, in, we might be able to sustain Christian joy in these days. In Second Timothy Speaking of perilous times, I'm going to read it to you. 3, verse 1 through 5. It connotates the reducing of the strength. And it says this, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own self covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. From such turn away. We need the strength, the inner fortitude, the will, and the ability by the power of God within us to be able to do what the Bible tells us to do, not to be caught up in this, this spirit of the age, but to be able to turn away. The scripture actually says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. For what fellowship hath light with darkness, or Christ with Belial, or the devil himself? Amen. Praise God. Listen, this is a day 
when compromise seems to be everywhere. This is the day when the falling away that will reach its peak during the tribulation has already begun. But this is a day to reclaim the real joy that we need in order that we might have the strength that we need. If the joy of the Lord is our strength, then it's something that is essential to our victory. I want to say that again. If the joy of the Lord is our strength, then it is essential to our victory. Praise God. Christmas joy equals Christian victory. Hallelujah. So where does Christmas joy come from in the first place? And that's where we want to start this Christmas season. Where does it come from? Listen to the words of Luke's gospel, chapter 2, verse 8 through 11, and see if we can discover the answer. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, good tidings of great joy that shall be for all people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you, and He is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. In December 2020, if there's a single word that describes what Christmas is supposed to be all about, it's the little word joy. Several of our favorite carols mention it. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. O come all you faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? prolong? Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. There's a song some years ago, and it it was when they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. O'er the mountains and valleys it led them each night, a star of most radiant light. You know, two planets are about to align around the 21st of this month. And, and many people are, are calling that alignment the, the star of Bethlehem. Something similar to what the Magi saw and it led them to where Jesus was. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so the wise men rejoiced as they journeyed afar to behold such a beautiful star. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. If Satan is trying to wear down, wear out the saints of the Most High, and the joy of the Lord is our strength, hallelujah, then we need to recapture in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of the falling away, in the midst of this this pressure to compromise the joy of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Down in Bethlehem, here's a quote from Dean Williman that seems to put this passage in perspective for me. He said, and I quote, Christmas is a delightful disruption of the way things normally go. I like that phrase, delightful disruption, because it catches the spirit of Luke too. One moment you're tending sheep in the middle of the night, the next you're being scared out of your wits by an angelic choir. I don't know how delightful that is, but it's definitely a disruption, isn't it? The angel comes with good news of what? Great joy that will be for all people. What is this good news of great joy? Verse 11 has the answer. Hallelujah. For unto you, unto you, this this child, this Christ child is given to you, my friend. He's given to me to become a sacrificed lamb, to pay our sin debt. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. That's what Jesus means. It was a really a common name, but, but when it was given to Christ, the anointed one, it took on a whole new significance. For unto you in the city of David is born a Savior. And Joshua, Yeshua, a Savior is born which is Christ the Lord. If you're looking for Christmas joy, I suggest that you can find all you need in this very verse. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen according to, to and, and the things they had been told in Luke 2.20. The final verse tells us the shepherds were profoundly changed by what they had experienced. What a difference a day makes when that day is the day that Jesus was born. On the day before Christ was born, they were in the fields tending their sheep. On the day after he was born, they were back in the fields once again. Only this time, their hearts were filled with praise unto God. Friend of mine, I want you to know This Christmas season, we have something to shout about, and we have a story to tell. Praise God. Amen. Listen, in Luke 2, 10 through 12, it said, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Praise God. In the fields outside Bethlehem, it's lowly and powerless shepherds to whom God conveys His message of peace and announces the birth of the Messiah. This is Jesus' story is beginning. (laughs) Amen which started with a young unmarried teenager being chosen to conceive and bear the Son of God and continues with more of God's radical actions. I mean, God is disrupting everything supernaturally 
intervening, supernaturally manifesting the fulfillment of the prophecies. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and this shall be a sign unto you, the prophet said. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he begins to unveil and reveal this wonderful gift of God to to all mankind that would receive him with an unprecedented and unsophisticated shepherds you know he didn't reveal it to the great magi this time he's revealing it to shepherds and they respond with hope and with wonder and with excitement God has revealed himself to them. And in a way that reverses the world's understanding of power and greatness. Heaven has touched earth in the most ordinary of places. In the fields, not in the temple. In a manger, not in a palace. There's hope for the most ordinary of people to encounter the God of glory (laughs) in the ordinary places of their lives. That night, if you walked by, nothing would have seemed supernatural. Mangers were not beautiful, clean places. As we see in our Christmas pageants, they are lonely, dirty, smelly, made for animals. If you're looking for Jesus, don't start in the nursery. Go outside to the barn and find the oldest part where the boards need repair and there's spider webs and the ground is covered with dirt and the air smells of manure. When you hear the babies cry, you know you found the Lord. He's not in the nursery with the rest of the children. He's in the barn with the animals. Why? 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 Why did God choose to do that? Because... Amen. He he absolutely turned what everybody says is most important upside down and said you won't find Jesus if you're looking for just the silver and gold. You won't find Jesus if you're looking for the fame and fortune. But you will find Jesus if you're looking for the pearl of great price. You know, someone said, uh, well, didn't someone say it? The scriptures said, I'm going to give you the scripture for that. Amen. That the reason for the deepest devotion is that we understand and appreciate what we have when we have Jesus. That's where the joy comes from. It says, it says, if a man finds a pearl of great price, great value, great worth, he sells all that he has to purchase it. Why? Because it's worth more than anything that he might possess. It's like a treasure. The kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price. When a man finds it, when he knows what he has, when he has Christ, amen. He, 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 he doesn't compare it to anything, and that's why the devil can't offer him anything of this world uh, to, that, that would cause him to turn from what he has in Christ, amen. It's like a treasure, Jesus said, that is hid in a field. It's buried, 
But a man discovers it and he sells all that he has to buy that field. Hallelujah. Because when he purchases that field, he has riches beyond his wildest dreams. We should see Jesus as riches beyond our wildest dreams. And instead of being cast down, we need to be lifted up this Christmas season as we revisit Hallelujah, the manger, and revisit the cross, and revisit the resurrection, and re-evaluate what we have when we have Jesus. Glory be to God, because the joy of the Lord is indeed our strength. In a day when so many are feeling weak and worn down and wore thin and worn out spiritually, it's essential that we reestablish Christmas joy so that we can enjoy Christian victory. Believe me, if you've got joy today in the midst of all of this pandemonium that this pandemic has created, if you have joy today in spite of that, People are going to notice. And the Bible said that we need to be in a situation spiritually, amen, that we're ready to give an answer to all men in season, out of season. Not because you set out to be a witness, but Christian joy and Christian peace will mark you. (laughs) You will stand out. (laughs) And sometimes that standing out will bring much persecution, but it'll also bring people with a question. And the Bible said that that we need to be instant, in season, out of season. Be ready to give an answer to all men for the reason of the hope that is within us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen to what Arthur W. Pink had to say. He said, the infinite became finite. The invisible became tangible. The transcendent became imminent. That which was far off became near. That which was beyond the reach of the human mind became that which could be seen and touched and known. The Word became flesh. He became what He was not previously He did not cease to be God, but he became incarnate. He became man. Some of you may have heard about uh, the Jesus Seminar, a group of liberal scholars who use colored pebbles to vote on whether or not the gospel stories about Jesus are true or not. Some years ago, they voted down the virgin birth of Christ. (laughs) The vote was 24 to 1 against the biblical account of the virgin birth. I only mention that because the Christian church has always held to these crucial cardinal truths. Amen. Listen to what Isaiah 7.14 said, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and his name, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel being interpreted is what? God with us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, friend, we need to rejoice, as the scripture said, in this great 
truth that we know is true. God came down to us. That's the point. We didn't go up to Him because ever since the Tower of Babel, people have been building towers to heaven and they keep on collapsing. Amen. They just keep on collapsing. They just keep falling down. But when Jesus came, God came down in the person, the second person of the Godhead, in that little baby in Bethlehem, God came down. Instead of the the Christian faith is separate from every other religion, because in every other religion, man is trying to climb up to God, find a way to God. In the Christian faith, God came down searching for man who was lost. He came to seek, Jesus came to seek and to save every one that was lost. He condescended to come down, take on flesh, go to the cross, pay our sin debt so that we could be saved. Hallelujah. Oh, this Christmas, we need to recapture the joy of the Lord and the joy of our salvation. That's what David prayed for in Psalm 51. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Praise God. Listen, friend, if Christ did not come, the promises of God would be unfulfilled. If Christ had not come, the world would still be in darkness. If Christ had not come, there would be no bridge Across the gulf of sin, if Christ had not come, we would not know that God is love. If Christ had not come, there would be no gospel to believe. If Christ had not come, there would be no Christmas, no Easter Resurrection Sunday. If Christ had not come, there would be no hope beyond the grave. If Christ would had not come, we would still be lost, for there would be no Savior for sin, no sacrifice for sin. If Christ had not come, there would be no good news to preach to the nations. Listen again to the words of the angel and think what it means for us today. Fear not, for I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Friend, if you don't know Jesus today, the Bible says of you what it says of anyone who doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that we are without hope and without God in this present world. And if you're without hope and you're without God, then the world is truly a dark and dismal place. But the moment you receive Jesus as your Savior, it all changes. The world is still a dark, dismal place. But in your heart, there is light. In your heart, there is life. 
that even death can't cancel. And the darkness cannot put out the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There is a joy that will strengthen you to endure these times, these perilous times. So today, don't run from Him. Don't look through drugs or alcohol. Don't even consider taking your life. There is hope. There is light. There is life. That's what Christmas is truly all about. And if you're a Christian today, it's time to recapture and reclaim the joy of the Lord. For it's truly the strength we need to occupy until He comes. In Jesus' name.